Welcome to So You Want to Be a Copywriter, brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, the world's leading centre for writing courses. Your host is Bernadette Schwert, who you'll find at copyschool.com, and you can find out more about all our copywriting courses at copywritingcourses.com.au. Now, over to Bernadette. Jim Stewart is the founder of Stewart Media, one of Australia's most successful digital marketing agencies. He works with clients like Booktopia, Telstra, and Simply Energy to help them build their digital presence, drive leads, and generate revenue. In this podcast, I talk with Jim about the potential of chat GPT, the artificial intelligence tool that's taking the content world by storm. We discuss how it will change the digital marketing industry, the opportunities it will present for content creators, the threats it may bring to us and those in the advertising sector, and how to harness this powerful tool to generate more content than ever before in half the time. If you're interested in being more productive, more efficient, and increasing your output with less effort, this is the podcast for you. Hello, I'm Bernadette Schwert, and this is a podcast for those looking to reinvent their lives as a copywriter and want some inspiration and practical tips on how to do it. I'm the founder of the Australian School of Copywriting and the head copywriting tutor at the Australian Writers' Centre. If you'd like to build a side hustle, work from wherever you want, check out our courses and discover how copywriting can help you find the independence and freedom you seek. Here's a review from Kathy, who completed our How to Build a Successful Freelance Copywriting Business course. The course was brilliant. I now have the confidence to build my copywriting business, travel the world, and work from wherever I am. Thank you, Bernadette, for giving me the confidence to take this first step. Your course has changed my life. Well, thank you, Kathy. Well done you for taking the course. Now, if you'd like to get the training you need to become a copywriter, check out the courses that give you the confidence, the tools, and the templates to become a highly paid copywriter. You can find out all about our courses at writerscenter.com.au forward slash essentials or copyschool.com. And if you'd like to leave a review about our podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let's get started. Jim Stewart, so lovely to have you on my podcast. Lovely to see you, Bernadette. It's been a long time. We go back a long way, don't we? It's got to be 20 years, I reckon. Oh, at least, yeah. Yeah, I forget where we first met. It's been so long ago. Yeah, I reckon it was at a few events uh, when uh, events were a thing. And uh, what I've been... I've enjoyed watching your progress over the years. You know, you've really been at the forefront of digital marketing and SEO, pay-per-click. You have an amazing business where you help businesses unlock revenue, specifically for e-com, but I imagine there's others that you you help. And I thought it'd be really good to chat today uh, about a number of things, but specifically uh, chat GPT, because mm-hmm. I know you're very interested in that and you've got a lot of thoughts about that, but also about digital marketing in general, about how people can set up some funnels and unlock some revenue potential that they might be missing or leaving money on the table, because I know that's what you do. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. All right. That. Good. And I should also let people know that you've got an amazing YouTube channel that you just post regularly, some amazing snippets on everything we should be knowing about. So if you want to fast track your digital learning, 
don't search, just go to Jim, right? Because he's got everything that you need. Forward slash Jim Boot on uh, YouTube. What was that again? Forward slash Jim Boot on YouTube. Excellent, excellent. And so, Jim, let's just start with the thing that everyone's talking about at the moment, and that's uh, the the chat GPT. Hmm. What are your thoughts? Uh, It's exciting. It's scary. I haven't been this... I guess this is the, uh, probably the biggest thing since the internet. I I think it's, it's that groundbreaking. It's it's there are so many things that are going on in the world of AI and ChatGPT was released to the public last year. It had been in it's still in beta stage at the moment. But what it is, it's basically a neural network that you can have a conversation with and. That and it will take the responses during that conversation that you made have already had, and just like you're talking to a person. So, for instance, you can ask it anything you want. Now, it gets some things wrong terribly in some cases, um, and they're certainly working out a lot of the bugs from that. But what this tool has done is just a simple web inf- interface with an input box, and you just start talking to it like you would a chat box. And it will do a range of things for you based on what it's learned from ingesting essentially everything that's on the internet. So it was fed all this data on the internet and now it can, you can ask it. I mean, people are doing silly things like write me a a, a sonnet, a Shakespearean sonnet of a man unclogging, unclogging his toilet. And that will get written in seconds by this tool because I understand Shakespeare and knows what a toilet is, and, and it quickly does it. Um, it. It does something badly. It doesn't do humour well. It doesn't do maths well. Uh, but it will write a book for you if you wanted to write a book chapter by chapter. Uh, it will, a lot of writers are using it as a writing buddy, so where they'll maybe get it for inspiration or ideas when they get stuck with something, or they'll use it to do a, a first draft those sorts of things but the output and the output of the tool is only as good as uh the instruction that you give it so it will it will do programming code as well and will write code like i said to it uh, one of the first things i said to it was write me a script that will take uh, input from a user for a url that this, this script will then go and scrape that URL and find all the links on that page and then put them into a CSV file for me. And it did it like that. And then I asked it, okay, how do I install this? Because I had no idea. And it, and it told me and it walked me through the process. And then within 15 minutes of having this conversation with it, I was running this tool and it was working <laughs> just like I asked it. And it's those sorts of things that you go, okay, wow, that's amazing. But ChatGPT is is the first one out there that is having this sort of conversation, if you like. But there's been a few others that have that have, that have come out as well. And uh, the investment behind ChatGPT is significant. Now, I think it's got something like ten billion dollars from Microsoft uh, investing in it. Uh, Microsoft are going to be rolling it out into their search engines, uh, Bing, obviously. And 
everyone everyone's looking at Google now and going, oh, what's Google going to do? And today they made an announcement that they've got an AI tool as well. So presumably they'll be putting that into their search functionality as well. And all of these things are... It's like I've said to people, it's like having another employee. It's like having a friend who knows everything. It's like having a better paintbrush. So if you're already good at something, this will make you better, faster at it. You'll be able to ask better questions, the right questions, based on your experience and whatever the subject matter might be. Uh, Like, for instance, the programming stuff. Someone who's programming all, all the time is going to get a lot more use out of this tool than what I do because I just you know needed that one little script. And the same with someone who's a writer. If you are a writer and you understand how to construct a, a chapter or how to break up a, a storyline or, or whatever it might be, this tool is going to help you get there faster and quicker. You can even... I, I, trained it to write in uh, uh, write something as I would write it as well um, by uploading 30,000 words that I'd written. I said, I, okay, now I want you to write something else in a similar style. Um, so simple things like that it will do, and it will do them really quickly. So, Jim, how is your organisation, your digital marketing agency, using it right now? We're using it for a variety of things. Like we'll take uh, a page of copy that we don't like off a website and need to tweak it a bit and we'll ask ChatGP maybe to summarise it for us or make it shorter or more succinct or um, more interesting. You can give it commands like that. The power is in the prompt. that you give the AI. I've downloaded long keyword lists out of Google Search Console and uploaded them to ChatGPT. And these are things that people have been searching for. And I've asked ChatGPT, can you separate these into distinct categories, all these search phrases, and pop them into a spreadsheet for me? So what it, I, the case in point was a, a Melbourne-based builder and I gave it over a thousand key phrases that this builder had come up in search for in Google Organic. And I asked it then to break it out into those categories. And it came up with um, house and land packages, uh, display villages, and uh, builders. And they were the three main categories. And you look through the, the keywords and you went, yeah. And that can help us understand what we need to do more of. It's good insight for the client to understand what people are really looking for. Um, and it just, that would have taken ages trying to do that manually, but it was able to do it really quickly. Um, some of the other things would be that I've used it for, uh, would be writing ad copy. You know, I need an ad campaign uh, for whatever product it might be. Uh, and then you can give it some instruction on the sort of ad campaign you're running. One of the interesting things that you can do with it, though, is get it to assume a personality. That's probably a bad word for AI. But you're getting it to assume a persona. So, for instance, I said, write me 10 subject lines for an email campaign about glass balustrades. And it came back and wrote them. It was, oh, okay. 
I said, now write, write them as David Olgaby. And those who don't know who David Olgaby is, he's pretty much regarded as the father of modern advertising. And it came back and they were just completely different and they were so good. That was so much better. So you can have basically a world expert at your fingertips and get them to write something for you or ask them a question. Once again, you know, a lot of caution in that it doesn't get everything right. <laughs> so um, you... and, yeah, go on. Oh, no, you go. Keep going. And, yeah, and so, you know, some of the um, amazing things have been um, the people saying it, it doesn't get right. Uh, like I did one today where it was about, it was an electrical um, uh, an electrical problem it had to work out. And I asked it some simple questions and I said, well, no, that would start a fire based on what the information that you uh, said I should do. And so that was because it didn't have enough information to give me the right information. Um, but it, it, it does get things wrong and spectacularly sometimes. But for the most part, it's really good and it's only going to get a lot better. So, Jim, as a digital marketing agency owner who hires copywriters, mm. what impact do you think this is going to have on the copywriting industry? What are the threats and opportunities here? I think the, I think the, the, the threats obviously are that, you know, um, people think they can write their own copy because they've got chat GPT, but you can... Um, you can get get stuff created quickly, but if you want something good, yeah, it's, it, you need someone who's got a bit of nous about them and can direct the AI properly. Uh, the opportunities for for writers are going to be around uh, fast tracking content for themselves or converting existing content quickly into other formats. Like I got it to take a book I'd written. And say, could you, based on these chapters, break this out into a course? And it did. It just went through and just went bang, 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 bang. Here's the course line. Here's the course outline. And then I could go through each one of those points and say, okay, I need you to flesh out this more. I need you to flesh out this more. So it's like having uh, an expert at your fingertips that never gets tired. So the opportunities for for writers are about you know maximizing their their output and repurposing existing content or content that they already write um i i see it more of a threat to i guess <coughs> content publishers rather than the writers themselves um in that uh, why would i go to say that site over there if it's only just pushing out AI content where I can go to the AI source and get that content myself. Um, there was a, a CNN has been, has been using it. Um, there's been a few celebrated cases of people of big publishers relying more and more on AI generated content. And I think the last latest one was Buzzfeed or one of those has just retrenched a bunch of workers and they're going to be using AI more. But I think the opportunities are is around getting better at that content that you've that uh, you've you can use the AI tool to generate faster and uh, with more nuance and once again never gets tired. 
So, Jim, when you talked about repurposing, can you just talk us through why you do that? Like you've already got content. Why would you use the chat GPT to repurpose it? Can you? Do, I'm, I'm just maybe missing a, a step there. Well, for instance, if you might, maybe you've got uh, one article that you've written or a, a book that, let's just say a book that you've written, you could take that book and get the AI to uh, break it up into a series of blog posts uh, around the topic to help promote the book. Um, and it would go through and do that based on the content in the book. The simple things like writing a <coughs> um, a promotional piece to sell your book, you know, like you give it the book and get it to um, write a promotional piece for the book. So there's, but with my case, it was like, well, why not a course based on the book? And, yeah, just put put the book up and say, okay, now give me the chapters for uh, give me the outline for the course. Uh, it could be writing the same piece of content 10 different ways. Um, it, it, there's a number of ways that you can repurpose existing stuff. Uh, it could be taking, like in my case, uh, a series of, say, 800 video transcripts, uploading them and say, I want you to write a book about this, you know, or the history of this, you know, in Australia, whatever it might be. Um, so there's a number of things that you can do where you've already created the content and then use the tool to do something else with it. Got it. Got it. Exciting. What do you think, why are you frightened? Why are you worried? Uh, a little bit like Google in that, uh, it's been worse in that people consider it, will consider it to be the, the source of all knowledge because it is AI and it's a black box. We don't know how the decisions are made. We don't know how the content's generated. And we've got broad ideas and how it learns things. Um, but we don't know who might have the final say over something that might be slightly controversial. Um, and there's already been elements of that that have gone out in, in public where people are saying, hang on a second, um, like some people will say it will make jokes about certain people but not other types of people, things like that. So some of the calls have been for it needs to be uh, we need to have a public version so we know how these things are made and how these decisions are made because it affects everything. So Google is the same way and, and that's in that it has a locked algorithm and no one knows essentially how things go to the top of the, the search engines and there's been many court cases about Google, you know, giving that information out and releasing that information. In fact, I think there's one going on at the moment in the US just specifically around that. Uh, because knowledge is power, and if the like the AI is only as good as the amount of information that it's consumed and what it's consumed, so there's plenty of information out there that isn't on the internet. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that was on the internet 20 years ago isn't there anymore. You know, so. It's just, it's those sorts of things. It's the knowledge it has. It's who decides uh, how it responds to that knowledge that it has or how it packages it. And then it's also how society uh, as a whole um, uses the tool. Because I asked it yesterday, you know, what 
industries or jobs probably wouldn't be threatened by AI in the next five years. And the only one it could come up, the only ones it could come up with were uh, human interaction type um, jobs like healthcare. Uh, but <laughs> you can always, you can already find out uh, how to do a frontal lobotomy if you're so inclined using ChatGPT. So it already knows all these things. Uh, it's already passed um, a medical exam, like to become a GP. It's already passed a, uh, a bar school exam. And there's another one that it's passed as well. So it has all this knowledge and how we use it and how it's implemented is, is the thing that scares me. Like, for instance, people say, what, what, what if this AI, and it will be, I have no doubt this is going to happen, is input into a Boston Dynamics robot? You know, it's, it's like, we're not that far away. <laughs> what happens then? Um, what does happen then, Jim? And just explain what the Boston Dynamic, uh, the, the robot is. So Boston Dynamics, you would have seen their robots somewhere on the internet. Um so the Ruba, the, the vacuum cleaner. No, not the vacuum cleaner, but imagine if you had it in your vacuum cleaner. Um, the Boston Dynamics ro robot, so humanoid, there's one that's humanoid, and it can do all sorts of things. It can run, it can jump, it can lift heavy things, it can climb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an yeah. alien, right, that one? Yeah, that one. Yeah. It looks like it does acrobatics and all sorts yeah. of things. And then there's the other one that looks like a dog. Um, and it, it sort of behaves, has four legs and moves around like a dog. And I think it's called the K9 unit or something like that. But if you had AI in those things that are already um, very strong, powerful, and everything else, then it can start to make decisions about things as well. And it's like, are we ready for that? So that's probably uh, going to happen, right? If you can yeah. say that right now, then chances are it's going to happen. So what uh, let's bring it back to like the immediate near future and for the copywriters listening because this is the um the the world that they're living in what advice would you say as a digital marketing agency person to a copywriter who's maybe had 3 years experience and they're just getting their head around writing email campaigns and seo and brochures and some youtube scripts what what advice would you give them right now in order for them to remain relevant I think learn how to use the tool to get more work out of it and, um, yeah, more efficiently, to operate more efficiently, essentially. I mean, I, I liken it a little bit to Photoshop in that, you know, an, an artist or, or a graphic designer that learns how to use Photoshop is going to be way better at it than I am. And, and they're going to be produce a lot more than someone who doesn't know how to use that tool but maybe has the same skill set. Uh, I, I think it's a, in the short term that's the that's where the advantage is or where where you will have an advantage if you are using these tools. Because the other part of them too, which we haven't discussed, is the um, image generation from the different tools out there. So the company that owns ChatGPT, OpenAI, they also have another tool called Dell E, D-A-L-L-E, and it basically will generate an image for you um, 
within seconds. So an example of this from a digital marketing perspective was the other day I had a client who sells packaging uh, supplies and we had a, a, a web page that was targeted towards people in Sydney looking for plastic bags to buy plastic bags. I know we're not meant to sell plastic bags, but these are good plastic bags. They're compostable. Anyway, so we had an image on the page and I said, well, what do we want an image of this? Like, I said, well, it would actually be good to have. I said, I know. Hang on a second. And I went across to Delhi and I said, a picture of the Sydney Opera House and a plastic bag, bang. And then 60 seconds later, I had that image and we could put that on the page. So we've got an image of, of the Sydney Opera House and it's in a plastic bag. Uh, and I can use it for the most part. We think it's copyright free, but there's some uh, contention about that at the moment as well. Uh, so one of these other AI tools that generates images is being sued um, by Getty Images, the, the the company that does all the stock footage, being sued by them because it said it's used a lot of their imagery without the appropriate consent. So basically we've got a, because these tools have to learn on images that already exist. And so it's said they've used those without their permission. So now we are reaching the moment where that YouTube went to, which is what's fair use? <laughs> what's original? What's not original? Where does copyright fall now? If I take you your book, for instance, and then I get ChatGPT to rewrite it, what happens if it's really rewritten well? Is that you know, possible? Like, no, of course not, your material. But the, uh, <laughs> but that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, Jim, you, it's a minefield, right? It's a Pandora's box and any other of those little analogies I can think of. Yeah. But with the... Um, fair use, who's going to make the determination? I mean, you know, courts, I guess. I mean, it's the only, it's a, what it's going to come down to is what a, how good the evidence is and, all, and like any court case, any copyright, I guess. Then you've but got judges who are like 94 years old. Don't yeah, <laughs> mean to be rude about the, oh, I love the judicials. Right. I think they're fantastic, right? They generally get it right. But- you know, you have to look at you US congressional hearings when they, you know, a whole bunch of people trying to interview the founders of Google and yeah. they're running rings around them and they're tens, 20, 30,000 steps ahead. This will be the same. So who's who's making the decisions? They'll probably get that AI lawyer to, to do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, AI against AI. Now there's a movie. I, I actually said that the other day to someone. I said, I think, I think we. I, I, I'm visualizing a time when we're going to have the AI wars. Yeah. <laughs> one against one another. Oh, it's probably it true. Yeah, because I mean, there's a lot of stuff these things can be trained to do. Like, um, you can further fine tune, say, ChatGPT to even get better at something um, that it might already be really good at. Uh, so you can, you know, whether it be um, you know, you want it to be able to write a book better than you, but in your style. <laughs> and you could train it with a lot more data about your style, and get it honed really, 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 really well. 
and then it could just answer as you. And the, the, the same would apply to, say, for a website or an e-commerce website, have a chatbot that is speaking in the brand voice based on the training that it's um, been given. So the, the possibilities are endless. It reminds me of a house of mirrors, you know, when you're standing there and you've got these reflections going on, you know, to the nth degree. Yeah. Um, what are you doing as a business to protect yourself from this, from clients who say, hey, Jim, I reckon I could do it myself or I can, you know, hire a person to manage this. How yeah. are you protecting yourself? Well, I'm showing it to clients. I'm, I'm walking clients through it because I think it's important that they they understand it from all aspects and how it will impact their business. And uh, basically, you know, like I guess my experience with it has been that things that I'm not currently very good at, it's going to make me better at, but it's not going to make me good as someone else who's been doing it a long time. Um and the same applies to what we do. But the, and, you know, I think areas that that could be in trouble is, say, that low, that, I guess, that low quality um, SEO blog writing stuff that you see out in the net, you know. If you're looking for the best plumber in Melbourne, you've come to the right place to see the best plumber, that sort of stuff. Um I think. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I guess it's not very nuanced, and, and there's just been, and and there is already people using it for a bit of that stuff. So Google did say, for instance, um, late last year that in fact they brought out a an update to their algorithm to uh, downgrade potentially AI generated content if they found it, but. Um, the AI-generated content is only going to get downgraded by Google if it's rubbish. Like if it if it answers the question and if it uh, serves a purpose and, and services the user's user's intent, then it's going to be fine with it. It won't have a problem with it. Um, Can it so tell the difference? Right. Well, there's a few out there trying. Like um, I I showed one of my grandchildren, my 15 year old. Grandson, I said, uh, have a look at this. And, and then he said, okay. Uh, and he asked a question, which was his second term essay, which was, what was World War II in 500 words? Because that's what he had to write. And he's jaw dropped as he started writing it. And he said, now write it as a year nine student. And I said, now what you should do is say, write it as a year nine student living in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne and how it affects you and how maybe disconnected you are from this event in history as well. Put some nuance in it. It came back when we did that. And so I think teachers are struggling to understand how they're going to work with it. But I'm of the opinion that everybody has to get their heads around it to see how it affects what they do and our clients are no different to that. So I've been talking to our clients about um, if you've got things that you've been, that you do manually and they're quite time consuming and you think you can be, that could be automated. I'm not saying you could use chat GPT to automate them. You could, but what you could also do is help that 
ChatGPT, is use ChatGPT to help you write a brief for a programmer to get that thing done, if you're not confident doing it. So, so it's about like, and I've, I also gave an example of uh, new product inspiration or uh, new product line inspiration or, you know, this is what I currently sell, these are the things I currently sell, um, you know, what are the emerging trends and all that sort of thing you can ask it. Or the, but there are so many different types of AI coming out. There's ones that will do Google announced one that will do music, create music. What was the first one? The Google what? Google announced one that will create oh, Google. music. Yeah, it's not yeah. released yet. I don't know whether they, they're going to release it. There are other ones already out there. People have generated videos with someone talking to camera, which is a fake person, and the whole thing was generated with the, the AI, the editing, the script, and the human looking person that was talking, all AI. And the ones I've seen currently have been a bit creepy where the person doesn't blink at all, the fake person, and they're a little bit stilted, but they're only going to get better. Uh, and there's ones out there of fake Morgan Freeman's, uh, fake Tom Cruise in video scenes where you go. Sorry, that's Morgan Freeman. Wow. Yeah, Big fake, like, yeah. Yeah, we are going to be, we're, we're in deep fake territory now. <laughs> yeah. And to the point where people are going to start going, oh, I just don't know if that's real anymore. Yeah. Well, there's an opportunity, isn't it? I'm always looking for the opportunity. I always yes. think whenever there's a, a new piece of tech, yes, it's frightening, challenging, threatening, all the things you've been talking about. I mean, I don't even know what the solution is to those but smart people out there who've got special knowledge in certain areas will go you know what i reckon i could create an app that can do that or solve that particular problem because it's going to cause a bunch of problems which means there's a bunch of opportunity yeah yeah exactly right um oh that's already happening you're absolutely right it's already happened like people have already uh created ai detection tools in writing and some of them aren't too bad they're not bad but I mean, you know, it depends on how good the writing is and how nuanced it is and, yeah. and everything else and how much time that, um, say, the author <laughs> has taken in uh, instructing the AI model to create that content. Uh, the same is true with the artwork. Um, some, of the, some of the artwork that you see out there being created by, well, a photographer just won an art prize recently. And then he fessed up since it wasn't a photograph, it was AI. Did they give it to him still? No, no, no. He handed the prize back uh. because he was he, he didn't want to take the prize. But um, you have to ask yourself, well, how much time and effort went into creating that image? And I've done a lot of the images, and it does create, take a lot of time and effort to do it. And once again, if you're already... Uh, creatively inclined, you're going to get a much better outcome than someone who's not. Um, but the the there's already people uh, being faked in video. There's already court cases also about people's likeness being faked in video. And what's the law on that? Yeah. Um, there was one the other day that, that came out. It was AI porn. It's like, what? Yeah. Someone had... Um, 
yeah, taken the likeness of internet celebrities or, or influencers or something like that, and they put their faces on these fake bodies. And so there's all that sort of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, the good side of it is, though, uh, is the ability to quickly generate, uh, I would say, assets in some sense or answers, assets and answers, um, that are actually copyright free as far as the text goes. Uh, but, you know, I'm seeing people create colouring books from the AI stuff, from the image stuff. There's people selling digital images on Etsy now. Um, there are some places that ban them because they don't consider them to be uh, pure, if you like. Um, but there's plenty of places that are. So, and eventually, nobody will know the difference anyway. Nobody will know the difference, and we'll probably just have a instead of buying poster art or prints for your for your room, maybe they'll just get delivered to you on a subscription based on a yeah. series of things that you like or whatever. I mean, it's um, because it's not going to take that much to produce them. Yeah, the whole maker community is being challenged here. So, Jim, just wrapping this bit up, um, what it says to me, what you're saying, which is really incredible um all this content has to be checked by somebody right so from a marketing perspective when we talk about the threat to it the clients that you work with and the clients that my students work with the reason they picked us is because they're busy and yes. they've got things to do hmm. this is just going to be a thing they get us to do i would imagine oh, i know? think so yeah, and I someone's think. got to check all this volume of work that's been created. Someone's got to read it. Someone's got to check it, make it accurate. So that, you know, I'm just saying there's just this little sliver here of a, a potential um, role that seems to be um, not an opportunity, but a sense that someone's got to do it. Yeah, um, oh, yeah totally. I, yeah. I had a meeting with the staff uh, beginning of the year. And this was the reason AI was the reason for the meeting. And it was like, you know, basically exactly what you said. What are the threats and opportunities? Um, and there is a lot more opportunity, I think, than threat. And, and it could be that, you know, you, you've already got skills if you're a subject matter expert or maybe you're a generalist or whatever, maybe, but you've already got skills in one area. So how does this tool, either 10 times your output, with, the, with those skills, um, can you take on more clients if you've got more time because you're generating content faster? But you still have to check that content. Um, so, like, we've, we've created uh, a few ebooks, but it, it's taken time to do it. It's not just like, so yeah, create an ebook, chat GPT. You've got to read it, you've got to edit it, you go, no, that's not right. That's out of context. That's not quite, um, quite there. But the same is with applies to programmers. Programmers are using either the ChatGPT or another one called Copilot to do similar things to get more out of their program. It's another programming buddy. Um, like for instance, you can take a whole page of code and load it into these tools and say, "Go through and write comments about what each piece of code is doing for me." And for programmers, that's gold. It's like, oh, great! I can see everything is. You know, I know what everything's doing. Um, so it's you still have to be a programmer to get 
the most out of that code. Um, and it's just going to make you, in the short term, I think it's going to make everyone um, more efficient. Uh, the the apps and the plugins and the, um, everything that's been created at the moment, there's someone selling, uh, there's a new site that's just gone up called uh, promptbase.com. And they are allowing people to sell their text prompts that they use to generate images because that's where the gold is. So Absolutely. You, you have a template. And if you um, create the best prompts uh, for a certain style, whether it be your writing style, whether it be uh, image generation, then that's a that's real value. That's a, that's actually an asset because you're the only one who can come up with that. Absolutely, and it's taking all that knowledge that you've gleaned over your twenty years and just condensing it down into. And we all know you, the, the quality of the question determines the quality of the answer. Yes. And so, whoever poses the best questions is going to get the best answer. But what is the question? To yes. quote Shakespeare, you know. Um, yeah. But let's just in the time we've got left, which is not long, but I'd love love to talk to you a little bit about your digital marketing business because I know a lot of people out there often don't know where to go for good digital marketing yeah. advice. And it is a complex topic now. It's very technical. But let's just paint the picture. You've got a copywriter in front of you who's a client. They've come to you and they said, I've got my new business. Um, I'm a sole trader. I just need some five tips on how to SEO my website so that I can get you know, as much traction as I can quite quickly. What mm -hmm. are your top five tips there, Jim? Top, the, the top one is always about speed and performance. It's always about speed and performance. And there's a few tools out there that you can use to really check that quickly. Um, the main one that most people will use is a thing called uh, Page Speed Insights from Google. And you want it as performing as fast as possible, and it gives you a basically a score on, on that. Also have things like uh, Google Search Console set up, uh, which helps Google... Uh, or helps you understand what Google already knows about your site. Uh, so you can see the sorts of things of how people are finding you uh, on the web. The uh, have, a, have a clear understanding of exactly, like anything, who your targets are, who your target market is. And have a strong sense of who your of what your brand is, because that's going to keep people coming coming back to you. And Google the best thing that you can do for SEO, anyone can do for SEO, is get more people talking about them. Uh, we learned this about uh, five years ago, where Google will Google has a number has has massive algorithm, as we all know. And one of the things that you can do is if you focus on having a strong brand and get people talking about about you and searching for you. Google will recognize that because Google has the, the largest database of brand searches in the world. It's called Google. Like, for instance, the most Googled word in the world up until recently was Google because people use Google for navigation. So they'll type in Kmart and they'll have the results come up and then they'll click on Kmart. So Google knows who the most popular brands are So amongst copywriters. And if you're the most popular in your area when someone's searching for that or that style or, or that specialty or, or whatever it is, then you're more likely to come up the top, even if you have problems with your site. It's better not to have problems with your site. 
Um, and it's best to make sure that Google can uh, crawl your site and all those sorts of things. As you will find if you go and have a look at Google Search Console, it will tell you what it, how often it crawls your site, when it comes, what it's looked at, all those sorts of things. So uh, having a, a good, well-performing site, you want to update it with content that people want to see and want to come back to. I would avoid writing or creating content specifically for Google. It's always about your customers because that's what Google's looking for. People think it's about not so much these days, but for a long time, people thought it was about tricking Google. I did. <laughs> I did for the first 10 years I was doing this. Um, but, yeah, you know, once you get 25 years in, you go, okay, well, what the real um, what the real goal here is to become the best in my category and then make sure everything's working with the site and everything else then becomes a lot easier. So go on podcasts, get interviews, uh, get people talking about you, um, do YouTube videos, whatever. But when you are more popular, Google will crawl your site more often and, and rank you higher. Sounds like a good starting point there, Jim. You got me? Yes, I've got you now. Good. So, Jim, yeah. just to wrap up, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to hire a digital marketing agency or just be able to con consume some of your content? Uh, you can just head across to uh, stuartmedia.com.au or just email me, jim at stuartmedia.com.au or head across to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash jimboot, J-I-M-B-O-O-T. Jim, can't thank you enough for your insights. It's always fantastic to hear what you're up to. It's always exciting oh, yeah. and you're always on the cutting edge. Lovely chatting and it was a lot of fun and uh, I'll be interested to see what you get into with this as well. Yeah, it's going to go somewhere. We just don't know where. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for that. Jim certainly has his finger on the pulse for how this tool is going to impact us and the content sector. There's no doubt it's going to evolve and change and become more powerful. But one of the best ways to reduce the threat or fear of a new piece of technology is to use the technology, play around with it, test it, and see what it's truly capable of so that you can exploit its full potential. After all, knowledge is power. If you want to find out how other copywriters have dealt with challenges and fears and obstacles, you might like to join our community at copyclub.com.au. We know that the fastest way to find success is to have a team of people around you who hold you accountable. That's what Copy Club can do for you. It will give you the momentum you need to keep going whilst you're building your new copywriting career. Now, my quote of the day, success is doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. And my joke of the day, because I know you're waiting for it, what type of blood does a proofreader have? Type O. <laughs> well, that's it from me. All the best and bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre. Do you want to become a confident, highly paid email strategist and email copywriter? Take a look at our course, Email Marketing and Copywriting. Created by Bernadette Schwert, this seven-week online course will teach you how to create and write effective email marketing campaigns that get results. Find out more at writercentercomau slash email marketing.
And thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Copywriter. You'll find the show notes at soyouwanttobeacopywriter.com.au. 